This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. Off Scripts Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. I'm Robbie Greenfield and alongside me is Chris McCarty and Sona Rapani. Working our way through the years, we'll highlight world events, cultural achievements and the stories that have been forgotten. Back in 1983, the global population was 4.72 billion people. So it's almost doubled in the last 37 years. China's population reached 1 billion in this year. 1983, great quiz question. That is a good quiz question. And I, I wanted to find an interesting news story. Didn't want to go down the sort of political doom and gloom angle. But Richard Noble, a Brit, set a land speed record with Thrust 2. And this land speed record stood for 14 years. Do you remember that obsession with those uber-fast cars out in the desert? Out in Nevada or somewhere. A real memory from my childhood. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was done at the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. Care to guess the speed at which the Thrust 2 travelled? This is in 1983. Yeah. I'm going to go 270 kilometres an hour. You're miles out. Am I? You're miles out. Times that by four. All right, okay. 1,019 kilometres an hour. 633.4 miles per hour. This is Richard Noble recalling that drive in the Black Rock Desert. The only thing to be concerned about is, first of all, the acceleration, which is terrific. A bit like an aeroplane taking off down a runway, but um, much, much faster. And then um, when you start going super, uh, near supersonic, the airflow goes supersonic over the intake and you start seeing the shock waves build up. And then you come out of the measured mile and then you've got to go into the deceleration phase. You get a huge deceleration spike of 6G, which means you're losing speed at 130-odd miles an hour per second. So violent deceleration. And it upsets your inner ears. So you get an effect called a somatographic illusion. And the effect of that is to make you feel that you're driving straight down the centre of the earth, only for a few seconds, uh, and then the G's off, and uh, you're down to a sort of leisurely 400 miles an hour then. Leisurely 400 miles an hour. To give you a little bit of context, you said 1,019 kilometres an hour that you're travelling. Yeah. The Formula Rosa down in Abu Dhabi, the Ferrari world, yeah. 240 kilometres wow. an hour. So he was doing four times faster Jeez, than that. I mean, he was travelling faster than most jet airliners. That is extraordinary. On the ground. And what is the current record? Uh, I think it's it's not much. I think they went supersonic. 1997. I think the record still stands from 1997, if I'm not mistaken. So this is the record that predated that. It's incredible. So, uh, um, and I think Richard Noble was involved again in that one. He was. He designed it. The thrust SSC. And then you know we've. Cut, I think we either the cars have reached their speed limit or Holy or we've just lost interest in yeah, the land speed I record. I think that's. Have we hit the limit? Well, it says 15th of October 1997, a speed was reached of 1,228 kilometres an hour. That's 763 miles per hour. Became the first land vehicle to officially break the sound barrier. Wow. And I think they were targeting 1,000 miles an hour, but I don't think... Extraordinary. I don't think it's possible. Anyway, that happened back in 1983. Uh, right, don't now wait. the highest grossing films of 1983. Number one was this one. You couldn't bring yourself to kill me before and I don't believe you'll destroy me now. You underestimate the power of the dark side. If you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny. 
Return of the Jedi grossed $252 million at the box office. Still the Star Wars film that I remember in my, oh, yeah. in my childhood. The one that really stands out to me. And arguably the last really good Star yeah. Wars movie, let's be honest. I agree. Return of the Jedi was awesome. They've made six sub- subsequent movies. I'm not sure any of them have no, been that good. No. No, How's this for confusing? 1983 saw the release of not one, but two James Bond films. And both of them had different actors playing James Bond. So, first of all, we had this one starring a certain Mr. Sean Connery. I'm obviously well equipped. Thank you, James. I'm all yours. And then this one starring an aging Roger Moore. May I join you? The Sotheby's. Half a million pounds. The man at the auction. Precisely. You have a very good memory for faces. And figures. (laughs) It's fair to say James Bond hit its cheesiest heights in the 1980s. And these guys, nothing against either of these two legends, but they were, and they both said it at the time, they were getting on a bit to be playing James Bond. They still do it brilliantly, Uh, though. They they did. Sean Connery, in fact, Never Say Never Again was itself, it was a spoof title almost. Yeah, a lot of... Because it was all about him finally relenting and doing one more movie as James Bond, kind of for old time's sake. That's exactly it. And a lot of Bond's fans would say that it's not actually a proper Bond movie, Mm. that one. That's the one that flummoxes a lot of people in the pub quiz. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, I I don't think it was part of the canon because it was released the same year as the official Bond movie, which was Octopussy, uh, which was Roger Moore's sixth Bond film. Dude, like, I, I'm a big fan of Roger. Oh, obviously. big time. Yeah. He's not Sean Connery, but... They've all had, they all bring something to the role. Timothy Dalton? Uh, mm. Mm. The top three are obviously Connery, Roger Moore, and Daniel Craig. Oh, what about Pierce? Uh, didn't, didn't love that. Mr. Brosnan. Mm, wasn't, wasn't so sold on him. Anyway, <laughs> when it comes to cult classics, one film has definitely stood the test of time, and it's this one. Want a flagcase? Al Pacino, one of his greatest roles. Say hello to my little friend. Uh, probably not the greatest movie that he's been in. Oh, it's a fantastic it, movie. It's one of the ultimate cult classics, isn't it? it? Scarface is right up there. I mean, it is. It's it's not for the wee nippers out there. There is there's plenty of violence in Scarface, but. I think he's phenomenal in that movie. I know, obviously, he'll always be remembered probably for his portrayal of Michael Corleone in in The Godfather, but his portrayal in Scarface is amazing. It really is. It's a great movie. It really is. His accent as well. Oh, just everything about him. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's as much of a classic today as it was all the way back then. Tony Montana. The 80s music as well, set in Miami. Um, this one, this song made uh, Flashdance uh, one of the most popular films of the year. Gross 92920000 at the box office. And you'll recall this song, Chris, classic 80s. Seen Flashdance? I have seen Flashdance. <laughs> of course I have. I don't think I have. Have you not? No. Have you seen Footloose? No. So Flashdance is the welder, right? She's a welder. Right. That Footloose. I always get confused. Flashdance is she's the welder. She, dan- uh, she dances, obviously. And then Footloose, I think, is the one with Kevin Bacon. 
if memory serves. And then obviously you throw in dirty dancing as well, and you've got the trifecta. You do. Of <laughs> you do. Flash dance. Tell you, Valentine's one of the night. biggest movies of the year. You would do a lot worse uh, than watching one of those movies. Jaws tonight. 3D came out. Oh Gandhi gosh. was a hit at the box office. Trading Places. Good movie. Terms of Endearment. Trading Places. Oh, that is cool. And I tell you what, this uh, is definitely going to score 1983 some points because this television show premiered on January the 23rd of this year. Can you guess? Television. Baywatch? In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. It's a heck of a premise, that. Just hiring a bunch of vigilantes to do your dirty work. On the back of 18 being the least, well, this is definitely seven and a half material already. Uh, I, I must just say, one before we go to the news headlines, this children's show also debuted on HBO of all networks, and it was one of the premium cable network's first original programmes. Yeah, created and produced by Jim Henson. 96 episodes of Fraggle Rock. It ran all the way until 1987. It had its day in the sun, four <laughs> years. Would you say it's going well so far for the so year? So far. So far, so good. 83, I almost wish I was born in 83 Let's so see far. if music can keep that momentum or whether we see a sharp decline in the performance of this year. So 1983, what a feeling was the third best-selling single. We I'll just get heard on board it. with what a feeling. Okay, here are the two that pipped it. In at number two, on the 25th of March, 1983, a television special called Motown, Yesterday, Today, Forever, aired. It was intended to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Motown, but most people remember it for the launch, the first ever showing or debut of a certain moonwalk. Take yes. a listen. <laughs> That performance of Billie Jean was the first time that Michael Jackson performed the moonwalk in public. And it wasn't an original move, but it quickly became oh, it's weird. completely synonymous with him. Because, I mean, you were revealing last week during your time in isolation, Rob, you watched many movies. During my time in isolation back in December, I actually stumbled across that. And it's one of those things you just, you rewind, watch again. You rewind, watch yeah. again. And I must have watched it 20 times because it is... It's unreal. When he did it and the, the audio there, you didn't actually quite capture the, the scream of just the in awe. Of, the audible gasp yes, of wonderment. Walk. Yeah, Billie Jean's second best-selling song of the year. Uh, probably still his best ever song. One of them. Oh, easily. One of them, certainly easily. in the top three. And uh, this song from 1983 was the number one seller. It was the rather creepy little number from Police. I'm not a fan, I've got to be honest. I, I prefer the P. Diddy version. 
I'll be, <laughs> I'll be missing you when yeah. the notorious B.I.G. Very much so. Passed on. Very much so. Could not, could not agree more with that. Other big songs from the year, Karma Chameleon, uh, <laughs> Let's Dance by David Bowie, Uptown, this is the, it's 1983, what did you expect? Uh, Uptown Girl by Billy Joel and this little doozy from none other than Brian Adams. I mean, is this bolstering 1983's chances? Given how much we talk about Brian Adams, we really need to reach out to his people. He needs to sponsor this show, or we just need to get Brian <laughs> Adams on it. We talk about we that do. man. We do. An awful lot. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the music segment of 1983 with this chirpy little ditty. I mean, give it a score just on its music, Chris. Off the back of that song. <laughs> it's gone up to eight and a half. Oh, and, come on. And the reason I say that is because this song actually features in the Goonies in 1985. And I immediately have just Googled Goonies. It's not, it, it wasn't released until 1985. Right, right. But yes, now we're talking. That was uh, Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. We had uh, uh, Africa, Toto. Um, That's been played a lot. Relax, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Do you really want to hurt me? Culture Club. Oh, nice. True Spandau Ballet. I mean, vintage 80s stuff. I want to try and impress you with some celebrity births because you were distinctly underwhelmed from the 1982 edition. So I, I popped in quite a few sporting stars. I do like a celeb birth. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Green Bay Packers quarterback. Cheryl Tweedy. Oh, nice. Cheryl Cole. I'll have you know. She's not dropped the coal, has she? Has she not? Nope. Okay. Kim Jong un. Okay. Uh, Frank Ribery, Amy Winehouse, Chris Hemsworth, Robin Van Persie, Lassith Malinga, Philip Lahm, Yaya Torre, Emily Blunt. Oh, I like Emily. Big fan. Mila Kunis. Oh, yep. Okay. Get on board with that, can you? 1983. Now, in 1983, it saw the debut of a very famous computer game. Any guesses? 1983. Pac Man's already out. Tetris? No. No, even Sonic? more fa- the most famous, oh, Ninten- arguably. Uh, Super Mario. Yeah, it was the first release of Super Mario by Nintendo in Japan in July. It was designed by Shigeru Miyamoto and Gunpei Yokoi, who was the creator of the Game Boy, no less. I tell you what, Rob, 83 vintage. It's, it's going well so far. Obviously, the game featured Mario and Luigi. And the interesting thing about it was it was a pure platform game. You know the, the arc- screen? It was a platform, but you travelled across yes. the screen. The original uh, arcade, the Mario, Super Mario game, was on that fixed screen and you would go up and down levels. It was mind-numbingly awful when it comes to sound effects. Take a listen. <laughs> It's amazing how everyone who grew up in the 80s didn't all go insane playing these games. <laughs> I used to play games like that <laughs> for hours on end. You could argue, Rob, that there are one or two questionable individuals out there, maybe because yeah, you of could. <laughs> that particular game. You certainly could. Um, let's just sweep quickly across popular toys, Cabbage Patch Kids, Tonka Trucks, Glowworm, Fashion. We had Hawaiian shirts were big in 83. Exercise gear, guest jeans, <laughs> Ray-Ban gear. sunglasses. That was Flashdance, though, that ah, created that craze. Yes. Parachute pants, Kangol hats, 
Popped collars. Kangol hats. Please, on 4001, own up. There's only <laughs> one man that can pull off a Kangol hat, and that's Samuel L. Jackson. There, yeah, you go. Exactly. I walked into a few shops a few times, actually, back in my youth. Can't quite believe I'm admitting to this. And would try them on and think, do I really pull this off? And the answer was always no. <laughs> so thankfully, I did refrain from buying one. In tech, Microsoft Word was released in 1983. Swatch introduced their first watches. And the first mobile phone by the Motorola company saw the light of day. So far, 1983 has impressed Chris. It really has. It's been a success. It's probably been your favourite year to date. Without a shadow of a doubt. There's no doubt about that, Rob. Can the sporting fair match what's gone before it. Uh, I guess the biggest story of the year... I'll stop you right there. It cannot. Liverpool winning the league means that it will get minus points. <laughs> True. Robert. But let's focus on cricket because the Indian cricket team yeah. back in 1983 made history and won their first World Cup by beating none other than the mighty West Indies at Lords. It was Capil's Devils. Yeah, it was. I wondered where you were going with that. And uh, they did it on the 25th of June, 1983. The West Indies themselves were on the hunt for a hat-trick of World Cup titles, but they were shocked by India's determined bowling lineup. Batting first, India were bowled out for 183, and everyone thought watching, that's a target that could be knocked off quite easily. But India's bowlers shone. And they were skittled out for just 140. Mahinda Amarnath and Madan Lal were the stars with the ball. Take a listen to the commentary, which I dug up from that eventful and that fateful day back in Lords when India won the Prudential Cup. And that's out. Yes, it's all over this time. Lost his nerve in the end, did Michael Holin. Tried to swing that straight ball with the legs. Another wicket for Amarnath, now delighted he looks. 140 all out, West Indies. Margin of their victory, 43 runs as India race into the pavilion with the Prudential Cup players. And they round off a fantastic fortnight by taking £20,000 on the Prudential Cup. The commentary was just so much more ho-hum then, it wasn't was, it? I mean, that that's commentary. That's India winning their first ever World Cup. And they've done it. And he's done it back in the pavilion. He's all out, holding, couldn't quite. I mean, come on, guys. I know. India have won the World Cup. I mean, we don't need the... Let's goal, have some goal, energy. Goal. But yeah, you need a little bit more. You need a little more. Underwhelmed by that. But then again, still pretty amazing footage. Michael Holding, the last batsman to fall for the West Indies. So a lot of, uh, a lot of Indian cricket fans will have enjoyed that memory. Al Wassel, they won their second straight Arabian Gulf League title, finishing above runners-up Alain. Yeah, was it in, called the Arabian Gulf League back then? No, it was not, but the top flight in the UAE. Correct. In the European Cup, Hamburg, they beat Juventus 1-0 in the final, courtesy of a goal by Wolfgang Felix Magath. Felix Magath, formerly, of course, a manager of Bayern München, formerly had a little fateful spell at Fulham where he believed that cheese was the problem to all their ills. Is that right? Oh, yes, yeah, I remember Magath. that. Hey, yeah, what, what a player he was. Heck of a midfielder back in his day. Liverpool were champions of England. Athletic Babao, they reigned in Spain. Roma are the kings of Italy in Love 1983. the fact that Bilbao reigned in Spain mm. back then. Of course, yeah. all Basque players, as it was. Interesting to see different teams... In the limelight back in the 80s. In motorsport, Brazilian Nelson Piquet won the Formula One World Championship with Ferrari. And a young Ayrton Senna joined the Formula Three ranks and began to attract significant attention. It was still a couple of years before he would make his debut in F1. Seve Ballesteros won his second green jacket at the Masters. Tom Watson won his eighth and final major at the Open. John McEnroe and Martina Navratilova won the Wimbledon Trophy. 
and France and Ireland split the Five Nations title. The best sporting news no, of the you've year. you've missed it. You've missed it. No, I haven't. Yeah, you Steve have. Davis defeated Cliff Thorburn. You've missed it, Rob. To win the World Championship at the Crucible Theatre. In which you do not speak about Scotland in the rugby beating England at Twickenham and Aberdeen beating the mighty Real Madrid in the Cup Winners' Cup in Gothenburg. I was preoccupied with Steve Davis. I'm giving that... I tell you what, I'm giving... I'm giving 83 a real good eight. A good eight. I'll give it a seven. And producer Tom has also given it a seven. So we've got an eight and two sevens in the studio. Quick last 22. 22. You do the dividing. Seven point, seven point three 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 three. Okay. Right. I think it needs to beat 7.45 to beat 81. You, you enjoyed that, didn't uh, you, Chris? Yes. I, so blooming lootly I did. Off Scripts Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. Thank you for listening to The Time Capsule. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and please do, if you've got a moment, give us a review. This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today.